Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. However you get your rocks off is how you get your rocks off. It's not my bedroom. I really don't care. They were raw dogging it on a gurney. We stumbled into a nudist beach once. Yeah. Way more wood than I was expecting to see. I need ass, and I need ass now. It could be worse. You could have to soak a tampon in vodka and shove it up your ass. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Tangents with Tyler and Todd. I'm Tyler. And I'm Todd. How was your week? Good. Yeah. Really, yeah, really good. I felt productive, but um, really Christmas seasony. I don't know. This is my this is my favorite time of year. If I had to choose. Yeah, it's a nice time. I feel as though we're productive because we know that winter is coming, so yeah. there is no ability to procrastinate. But then the nights are just so cozy. Plus, it's red yeah. wine season, so everything just feels warmer, including my soul. Yeah, Todd um, makes uh, what is it, Cabernet? Cap Franc, but we're down yeah. to two cases left, and we can't get it anymore. So yeah, he has he gets these kits from like the wine store, and then makes his own wine out of the ingredients that come in it. And I'm telling you, it's a it's a really good quality wine. Oh yeah, it's really good. To be fair though, I do brew it on site now because yeah, it's a thirty bottle kit. I feel like we're off on a tangent already, but I know it's a thirty <laughs> bottle kit. And with filtering, because they're so expert at it, you always get thirty bottles. Where yeah. I've been lucky to get like twenty seven, twenty eight. So that's why I started doing it more bang for your buck. You know, well it is. When you think about how much it costs per bottle, you broke it down. What is it? Four dollars per bottle for the something for the premium kit. Yeah, so I do the premium kit, which is $120 for the kit for 30 bottles. So that's $4 a bottle plus yeah. a $50 brewing fee. The expensive part was when I started and had to buy all my bottles yeah. or be saving them from family and friends. But now that I have them, it's just simply using them over and over again versus going to the liquor store and paying $20. Yeah, well, I was going to say, where we live, a cheap bottle of wine now is like $19.99. Like, yeah. you know, the Gallo wines are like the really... Kind you of can't even ones. get great white. No. That was a big one here. It was $6 for a 1.5 liter when we were in um, university. They called it shark piss. Yeah, because it was awful, but... It wasn't it, fit to drink, It really. wasn't, but on a student budget, like, it gets you, you where you need to be. What are you going to do? The alternative was soaking tampons and shoving them up the ass, but we weren't doing that. Do people do that? Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. I remember Why? when we were in first year, a bulletin went out from the university warning people not to do that because um, you're large. I'm not like a doctor, obviously, but I'm pretty sure your large intestine or like the area inside your butt is where most of it's like the last ditch to get nutrients and moisture. 
So that's why when you have diarrhea, it's because it moves through that part of the body really quickly. So by soaking a tampon in alcohol and sticking it up there, it's a quick way of absorbing it directly into the bloodstream. That is a problem. Huge. (laughs) How I know this? Like, of all the things I learned from university, that's probably the one that has stuck with me the most. Because at different times, I find myself in my life saying... It could be worse. You could have to soak a tampon in vodka and shove it up your ass. <laughs> you know, silver linings. Wow. Well, please don't do that if you're if you're listening. Not not a good idea to do that. Yeah. Speaking of not good ideas, we decided to do a whole episode of tea time and just give awful advice. Yeah. <laughs> so we the last few episodes that we've done have been incredibly emotional and vulnerable from talking about getting married young, the whole story of our engagement, how that came to be, wanting to start a family. Basically the journey of when we met to today. Yeah. We've brought you up to speed in more detail. So we just need to take a break and kind of lighten things up because I can't keep crying every episode. It's been, I think, every single episode. You know what, though? Jokes aside, starting this podcast has been so much more than I ever thought it could be in terms of rewarding and just it's it's my favorite thing that I've ever done. Yeah, I'm very... I almost started to cry just then. Man, we said no crying. I know. That's okay. I'm really proud of it because it was a long time coming Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of work, but... This community of of all of you watching and listening to this, reading the comments each week, it's, it's such a rewarding and fulfilling thing that we're doing every week. And I'm, I'm incredibly proud of it. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. But on that note, we are going to get into the tea time. All right, let's go. Do you want me to do the first one? Yeah. Okay. When I was single and in grad school, I used to regularly hook up with another single guy for, quote, anonymous sex on campus. Fast forward five years and my partner wants to introduce me to a couple he thinks I'll get along with because we studied at the same university. You guessed it. It was my anonymous fuck buddy, and now he suddenly had a name and a husband. He recognized me as well, but didn't acknowledge knowing me in the biblical sense or otherwise, so I kept quiet too. As there was no attraction, it never came up. Days turned into weeks, weeks to years, and today my friend doesn't know how I used to boink his husband before they met. All of us are now very good friends and all happily married. Is this a deathbed confession or a take-to-the-grave situation? Is it possible to keep a secret from a friend and still truly be a friend? Or is it time to spill the tea? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, You're in a pickle, my friend. I think the time passed... If I'm, I would have said something because I couldn't carry that. I you couldn't get that out of my corpse if you tried. I, I couldn't hold it in. I don't think. Wait, what? You would tell I them? would, yeah. Oh. But the time has passed. I would have said like more right away or like gone to the. Um, Do you have a time machine? Go to the, but go to the buddy and be like, you got to come clean on this or I will. It's too late for what ifs. Yeah, I'm saying what I would have done, but now I would take it to the grave. 
Oh, yeah. It's too far gone. That ship has sailed. And you know what? She's headed straight for an iceberg, and you better let it sink. Let it sink. <laughs> Get on that door. Don't forget to ride in front of the boat on your at first, though. No, um, jokes aside, I, I don't see the benefit of, of sharing that information, <clears throat> especially if you are all good friends and it's water under the bridge. If you had you know, an attraction to that person. Mm-hmm. If there were weird vibes, if they were giving you vibes, there's. I, no, I think I would then because yeah. it's relevant to me. This is irrelevant. I think so too. Cause you've got a good thing going. There's, you don't need to be messing. You don't need to be stirring the pot Mm-mm. for what? No, you, what are you going to gain? Yeah. Take it to the grave. But if it was good, remember it. Was it good, I wonder? Do you think they reflect back on it? I don't know. That is a pickle. That's a pickle. But yeah, keep it. Keep that locked up. Do you want to read the next one? I I get nervous about my reading. I'm not very good. And I like story time. This is a little bit of a tangent, but Todd went to school in French. Immersion, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we explained this before, did we? I went from grade six or something to like 11, 10. But it was this weird time where I think you come into, like, it's a weird program because it's not fully French. So you're thrown into this mixture. I think you should either go all the way to French school where everything is in French or stick to English. But when you're in such foundational years, I feel like I'm, I was ahead of my class. That's how I got into French immersion. Like that was how I did well in that transition. But I think long term, it set me back because there were some things that they just move on and you never get the chance to translate it back to English. So you just Mm. understand things in a language. I don't know. It kind of makes it so you're really good. You're not really good at English. You're sort of good at English and sort of good at French. And it doesn't allow you to gain the skills that you need. You're reading in comprehension. There's a lot of... No, I get I'm you not, to proof a lot of my stuff because I'm like, I probably yeah. sound like an idiot. And I'm not making fun of you when I say this, but there are an unusually high amount of words that I have to explain what they are. Yeah, but also... But that's not fair to you because you didn't have to read all your high school novels and stuff in English. And what am I going to do now? Go read a dictionary? I don't have time for that. <laughs> you ready for the question? Yeah. A married male coworker asked me and another female coworker to lunch at his place before we left the company and moved away. We accepted, but when we arrived, we found out that his wife wasn't there and that the lunch location had changed to a campground. At the campground, he tells us that it's a nudist colony. We went to lunch with our clothes on, trying not to feel conspicuous, wondering whose butts sat on the chairs before us. As we tried not to laugh at our situation, it got really weird when our male co-worker decided he wanted to go for a naked swim. By the way, there is nothing attractive about a man wearing only a shirt and shoes and his bits and bobs sunburned. Could have been worse. He could have asked you to put aloe on them. (laughs) Wow. That is a very crazy situation to be in um i don't like being naked i 
um, struggle with it. So I wouldn't have gone there at all when I got to the campground. What do you mean you struggle with being naked? I don't enjoy the feeling of being naked. And I think it goes back to when my house burnt when I was a kid. I It was one of the first times we were going to a, uh, my brother's hockey tournament in PEI. And my parents let me pack my own overnight bag. And I forgot to pack underwear and pajamas. And I always had this fear and like this dream that kept coming to me for the first little bit afterwards that I would be naked and the house would burn down, like getting out of the shower. Or if I ever tried to sleep naked, the house would burn, burn down through the night and I'd be standing on the lawn watching it burn completely naked. So <clears throat> I just always like to get in the shower and immediately at least put on underwear so that if the house catches on fire, I'm okay. I think we'll put that on the pin board back here of some mental health things <laughs> we're going to work on. Anyway, I would not have gone into the campground. Yeah, my perspective on that, <laughs> you know what? Free the bird, free the nip. You live your life. If you want to go to a nudist but colony, don't, but don't, been... you shouldn't be bringing people that don't know. That's up a, front. That's a weird thing. That's a, my understanding, and I could be way off here, but nudist beaches and nudist colonies it is not about the sex it's about the liberation of being comfortable in your own skin and you know back to all natural things i don't think that there's a sexual component however my impression with this male this gentleman we'll call him is this sir this sir (laughs) because sir sir you were trying to take advantage of those women sir I think so too. I I think creep that there was vibes. A, there was a creep vibes. There was sexual component, and I don't want to. I don't want to shame the nudist because yeah, you know we stumbled into a nudist beach once, yeah. and it was a really nice experience. We didn't stay. We just what we were doing is we had moved to a small <laughs> clearly, town. Clearly, Todd's trauma of his house burning down. We were not going to be staying. There. No, but we um, forest fire had moved to this small town outside of Edmonton, and we parked our car at the bridge because there's this footpath that everyone takes and you get into the river on your floaties and float back down to the bridge kind of like a lazy river well we didn't we missed the turn off to get in before apparently there's a nudist beach when you keep going at the end of this trail so anyway we stumbled in there they were really nice and we just got into the river and it was shocking though like to way more wood than i was expecting to see a lot of softwood out there (laughs) Yeah, not very much hardwood. No, it all looks kind of, you know, spongy when it starts to go bad. (laughs) So, um, yeah, our official advice on that is he's a creeper. He's a creeper. And you you get out of there and you run and you You don't look back. And you You never scream. You You never talk to him again because you moved away. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Out here changing lives one tea time at a time. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. One day, while I was on a break at work, I happened to see one of my coworkers walking into a wooded area, followed by another coworker. With my curiosity peaked, I followed them at a distance and almost stumbled over the second coworker on his knees, giving the first coworker a very oral encounter. <laughs> Aroused, I hid behind a tree and watched the deed go down. As many things ran through my mind, do I tell the coworkers I know what they're up to? Do I flirt with the second coworker now that I know his talent? <laughs> Did I mention that the first coworker was in an open relationship and the new and the partner knew about both coworkers' activities? Did I also forget to mention that I ended up dating the second coworker for the rest of that summer until I had 
to go back to college, the tea is served. LOL. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow. Wow. That was a, you had a pretty bumping office. Interesting summer job. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have stayed, but if I did stay, you definitely did the right thing by not saying anything because I think it makes you look creepy. I gotta be a little bit honest here. Is that more of a peeping Tom situation? Like, I feel like there's something on the books for that one. Yeah. But... I don't know that I would admit that one out loud. Yeah, I I think you did the right thing. But maybe that's... Everyone's got different strokes for different folks. That could be what they're... But then I guess there's no consent from the people that... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I think you're I think you dipped your toe into some not good That's territory. That's some tea. That's some tea. I the person clearly doesn't realize that that there's a problem with that, but I I listen, all parties involved, open relationships, whatever you guys got going on, pop off. Pop off. However, I don't know that I I'm not cool with the fact that those two were having a intimate moment no matter how trashy it may be i don't know that it's okay that you someone was watching that i also like time theft is a real thing so if you were on your 15 minute break that's one thing but if you're on company time going out there to do this then i think hr should have been involved to discuss like the loss the productivity loss to the company yeah that's true yeah because like you're out here on pension time on your knees yeah yeah Not this 401k is not paying for you to give head in the woods. I also think upper management needs to be watching their company more. What's going on here? Has that relationship been disclosed with HR? Has this whole mess been disclosed with HR? I think not. A lot of dick sucking on company time. Yeah. I don't know about that. They're just going to say, well, it wasn't in the handbook. (laughs) Yeah. Look what you look what you guys made them do. You know those policies that you're like, wow, I bet there was one time. This is the this one time. This is the time. one time. <laughs> you cannot go into the forest. <laughs> it is henceforth forbidden. <laughs> Actually, hold on. What? Do you have an expectation of privacy when you're on your knees? In the middle of the woods. Yeah. If you own the property, if I want to suck you out by the hemlock... I don't that want That is anyone. our business. That is our business. Ain't nobody watching. <laughs> True. Maybe that's why we have no wildlife here. <laughs> Scared away all the deer. But that actually is, now that I'm thinking about it, we have an expectation of privacy because this is private property. We can do whatever we want against whatever tree we want. Yeah. These are our trees. Yeah. You're on your company time, company property. Yeah. So your company's forest is not a cum rag. <laughs> Put it on a mug. Okay. <laughs> Next question. 
I identify as queer. I was in secondary school, age 13 or 14, and bullied every day for years, day in and day out for six years, mainly by this one guy named Eric. After college, I went to a concert and ran into Eric, who repeatedly tried to apologize to me. While apologizing for calling me a f- it, he went in for a kiss and we ended up getting together in the bathroom at the concert. I recently found out he's married to a lady and has two kids. Do you think he beat me up and then hooked up with me because he can't be who he truly is? Thoughts. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That's a weird situation. I think, yeah, I think he's like in pain inside and inflected it on people outside. This is not something that I think you should do. I want to preface by saying this. But the the villain side of me would be so tempted to get back at him for all those years of mental torture that he did and spill the tea to his wife and be like, this, the, this man made my life hell. And just so you know, yeah, he just railed me, at- me in the in the pink bathroom <laughs> or in the bathroom at the pink concert. I don't know that it actually was a pink concert, but um, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I d- I don't I don't. But wa- is it, I wouldn't want to get wrapped up in all of that. But you're going to because if you do, she's going to have questions. Are you going to blow up that person's life? Well, That's why I said I wouldn't them. do. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that actually. But because that person made, you know, yeah, it it would be tempting. I don't think you should do that though. I. would Probably be like, you need to figure your shit out, man. Like, you're hot and you're cold. Yeah. I guess their question, though, is not what they should do. It's, do you think he beat me up and then hooked up with me because he can't be who he truly is? Absolutely. 100%. He probably beat you up because he hated that you were yourself and yeah. he could never be that way. And him hooking up with you is probably just his sick way of trying to take something else from you. Or that he's hooking up with a bunch of people and there was just... Like, yeah, you were just conveniently there. That's how I take it, unfortunately. And that, like, he's tr- like doing stuff behind his wife's back all the time. That's kind of the stance I get because you don't just have sex with someone in a concert bathroom once. once. Like, that's not your first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Not my first time raw dogging it in a stall at a pink concert. What can I say? <laughs> Oh, oh my, my god. <laughs> my husband and I have been together for 27 years. He went through colon cancer treatment and it was pretty awful. He's doing well now, but the chemotherapy and radiation have left it impossible for us to have sex. He is fine with that and really wasn't that sexual anyway, but I am very sexual and I'm missing it big time. He has said I am okay to explore having sex with others, but he has a lot of rules, including clearing it with him each time beforehand, which has made it nearly impossible. I feel bad bringing it up. Should I just let it go and learn to live without sex or keep pushing for less restrictions so it's more likely to happen for me? What would you guys do if it were you? Wow, that is such an impossible situation Mm -hmm. it's really hard because for me 
maybe it's just because we've been together so long, but sex isn't necessarily... These people have been together for 27 years. That, so for me, it's a way to connect with you and kind of I, like realign or I don't know what it is, but do you know what? It's yeah. It's not just sex. And I, I, I don't know that if I was still emotionally attached to you, like to me, there's the emotional component as well. And I yeah. don't think the way that I view sex, I would be able to be emotionally with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would enjoy sex. So here's the thing. We are in a monogamous relationship. We should do a podcast on that. We should. Like talking about all the layers, the why, all that would be cool. Add it to the list or it's sure to be missed. (laughs) Put it in the comments so we don't forget. But we, that's a decision that we make that has worked for us for almost 15 years. Mm -hmm. So if we weren't able to have sex in that way, for us, I think we would find other ways to make it work because in this in this situation it's clearly that there's some ability to not get penetrated in some way that's yeah. what's happening and i would rather be flexible and figure out a way to make something work whatever Even, that looks like yeah like there's always i don't know there's some way to do something that you're still together but I, like I'm to sure be stimulated but so yeah. hold on this is this is just our where we're at clearly we know nothing about colder cancers or the outcomes of it so yeah. like we don't know the full extent of the situation either no well yeah him having colon cancer has left it impossible for us to have sex hmm. So what I'm saying, though, is they clearly have an open relationship or an arrangement because of that situation, which I can understand and make sense. However, I, me personally, I don't think I would be comfortable asking for more, less restrictions from you because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want less restrictions. Yeah, I, it also sounds kind of like a, a, I don't know if it's a power dynamic, but I get the clearing it through, but that it's almost impossible. Like, it seems like he's maybe not truly okay with the idea either. Yeah, that's... Like, I think there's a communication thing that needs to happen. Yeah, it sounds like maybe it's the start of... By my impression from this is he hasn't had a physical connection with somebody else yet that's that's sit on his face when he's asleep (sighs) oh my gosh (laughs) that yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah these are hard these are really hard yeah it's a tough situation i i don't know i i really don't know what i would do yeah. It's an imp- to me that's an impossible situation because it seems like he they want to be monogamous and I get the choice to not you can't be monogamous anymore or that he feels like it's what he needs and at the same time life is too and you short do- to not go after what you want and if having sex is important to you yeah it's a very nuanced and layered thing yeah that's I feel a- like we didn't do any bit of advice and just add it to the confusion yeah but sorry you know what <laughs> some situations they aren't black and white yeah this is a not this it's not this is an impossible situation it's I, my heart really does go out to you i think you our answers could be a hundred percent different if we were in that situation 
Oh yeah. I could be like, I need ass and I need ass now. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) My boyfriend and I have a friend who was just one of our straight friends until about a year ago. And he came out. Lately, he has been bringing up the idea of being in a thruple with me and my boyfriend with increasing seriousness. He's being very considerate in his approach, and my boyfriend is interested but wants me to be enthusiastic about it. This is something we have discussed prior to this proposition. I don't have any specific qualms about being in a thruple, but I have concerns that because we've been together for so long, it's an established dynamic, and also that our friend has only been out for a year and is not experienced but new to the game, so to speak. Not expecting any answers, just interested in your thoughts about my tea. Wow. That is a interesting situation. Yeah. I definitely understand your perspective on the third potential person in the mix. The newness and I get how you're, it's hard to explain new on the scene or like new to being gay. And I think it would be interesting to go into a throuple when you've never dated someone previously that's a huge that's a huge jump into it's also hard because if he was just your friend before as a straight friend and there was never any inclination that he was gay it's also just kind of the dynamic is different like it's so I don't know how to explain it, but like he has a lot of more information that you shared with him, not knowing that you were going to be in a relationship. It's almost like... Like he knew him really well as a friend, you mean? Yeah. I don't... Like a Trojan horse in the relationship. Like if... if Oh, I didn't get that impression. No. I think you're you're adding details here, Tom. No, what I mean is if, if they were your friend and I confided about a stress that was in our relationship, like something we had to get over, not knowing that they were ever got a potential to be in the relationship. Oh, I see. And they have that background information that you shared with them without ever knowing that this was going to come up. Mm. It, I feel like it's a lot of history that that person is coming into that could drive a wedge if you say that, like how they said they've already got a good dynamic and it would change the balance of things. Listen, I don't want to kink shame or you know, do anything, say anything that however you get your rocks off is how you get your rocks off. It's not my bedroom. I really don't care. Really don't care. However, I do think that there are some practicalities of being in a throuple that make it way more difficult in a relationship, way more pressure. It, I don't see it working long, long, long term because being in a relationship, just two people, is already incredibly difficult. When you add a third person into that mix, I don't know about all that. There's a lot of compromise that goes into a relationship. Every single day, you and I make compromises on yeah. what we hope to accomplish that day so that in, I might give up my goals to help you with what you're trying to accomplish that day. There's a lot of compromise that needs to be made. And I just think when you start to then cut it, if you get 50% of the time your way, and then now you're cutting it into 33% of the time going your way, because you have to compromise so everyone gets a chance. 
I just think that that adds to, for me, that would be a mental toll because life is too short and I want to do what I want to do. Does that? I, I know what you're, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. It is, there are a lot of compromises in relationships and it's a choice that you make yeah. because of the other 50% that I'm bringing makes your life worth it and have value. And, and maybe all that. this does for them. A hundred percent. Like I'm I just sh- know that I'm selfish and I need my way at least 50% of the time. <laughs> I just think truthfully, if you are protective of the relationship that you have, and it sounds like you are, I would really be careful about risking bringing somebody else into that relationship. Because once you do that, Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can put, you know, the beast back in the box, so to speak. Yeah. And if it doesn't go well, like your concerns about them being fresh on the scene, that does add to it. Like if they do leave, well, then you're now left with this hole in your relationship because you gave up, ended what your other relationship was to have this new one. Yeah. It's, listen, I don't envy you. That's a lot to yeah. be trying to navigate. I, yeah, we I'd... need some tea about like my two puppies are fighting. How should I stop them? <laughs> They're heavy, hey. Yeah, my same-sex husband was away on a business trip, so I thought I would surprise him by washing and cleaning his car, which is always nasty. In the trunk of his car, I found a briefcase with hundreds of photos of naked men. Then I saw photos of him with other men. After 25 years together, our finances, families, and friends are all jumbled together in such a way that if we split up, I would end up being the big loser, like a really big loser. I chose to stay, but everything has changed and not always for the better. What would you have done? Oh my gosh. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. These are these are hard. Like, my heart goes out to mm-hmm. these people. That's a hard one. That's heartbreaking. I would be so mad at you. This was also why throughout our entire relationship, it was always 50-50. And on title, we are both listed on everything. Because he would be the bigger loser. The finances are twisted together. So I'm taking it that like his investments are set up. So for Tyler and I, even though Tyler made more money than I did when working... When we it came to retirement savings in Canada, it's RRSP, yeah. which I think is like it's a 401k. Like a 401. Yeah. Um, we always balanced them out as best we could. He had a bit more yeah. allowance to his because his income was higher. But um, we always made sure they were balanced equally so that we were protected if that happened. And I think that is something that maybe helped us. I don't know. Maybe it's because we were so close about things like how we talked before. All we do is just chit chat on hypothetical situations. But we were both scared of being in this situation where one person had squirreled away money. We we've always been big believers of it not being something to be embarrassed of or like shameful for demanding what your fair share of something is 100% whether it's asking for a raise whether it's you know advocating for what you need to protect your bag like 
there is never going to be a situation where I'm out money or I'm not secure to appease somebody else. But I think it's also you and I have been realistic about our relationship for a long, like pretty much as long as we've been together, like love you, love of my life. And I never want to be without you, but we've always prepared if it ended. A what if. Yeah. Because we have to be realistic. You know, what's interesting actually, um, this is, this is a little bit of a tangent, but Todd and I, we've been married for, it'll be 10 years next year. And we, when we met, we didn't have anything except we each had a laptop. So we had like maybe a thousand dollars to our name and everything. Any cash we had in our bank accounts was gone halfway through first year. We Ooh, yeah. blew it. <laughs> Blew it. The bars and the restaurants made some money off of us, but yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so what I was saying is we didn't have anything when we met and everything that we've built, we've built together. And we recently went through an exercise. It's called a postnuptial agreement. And basically what that does is it clearly states after you're married, how do you, if your marriage ever broke down, what do you walk away with and what does your partner walk away with and declaring right now today that we want to, I want to have 50% of everything and you're going to have 50% of everything when i feel like our relationship is in the best place it's ever been yeah. i i know that i'm going to spend the rest of my life with you but if for some reason that doesn't happen how are you protected and how am I protected? It is such a mature and responsible thing to do. And people avoid doing that because it feels weird or it's uncomfortable. Being mature is realizing that everything has a lifespan. So many marriages break up. Protect your bag. Why would you ever jeopardize that? Yeah. And like you said, we're probably the happiest we've ever been. I feel as though we've grown a lot these last couple of years with everything we've gone through here. And it's not just about protecting myself. It's also about protecting you. Like I care about protecting you too. And I know that the way that they can go, maybe it's because within my own family, there was a bad divorce that took a long time. I'm going to tell you what. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, but you can see how quickly we are we do okay we still need to keep working but what we have worked so hard and gave up so much for could all be taken away in legal fees if we let emotion take over that process so why not build the exit strategy when you're the most confident in it because i don't see it ever needing to be used but if it does it's a fair agreement that we both agree with in a rational state so the point being to kind of go back to what this question was i want to read it again because it's important to take it full circle my same-sex husband was away on a business trip so i thought i would surprise him by washing and cleaning his car which is always nasty in the trunk of the car i found a briefcase with hundreds of photos of naked men then i saw photos of him with other men after 25 years together our finances families and friends are all jumbled together in such a way that if we split up i would end up being the big loser The point that I am making here is this is a good lesson to everyone that had that person put in place an agreement that says, I get 50%, you get 50% because we've been together for 25 years. We've built a life together. Now they they were forced to stay in a relationship that they don't want to be in. 
because they didn't have something to protect them and fall back on. Yeah. Like you're not holding anything over my head. I wake up every day choosing to go to bed next to you. Which is really special. It allows us to just be happier. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would do personally if I were you. I'm really sorry that you're in that situation. But I think sharing that story can maybe help protect other people that could potentially get over in it's, the future. It's just about communication. I I don't think people ever think about an end. Do you know, like you go through the honeymoon phase and all these things. Yeah. Maybe it's just because so much has gone wrong in our life. We're like, let's at least <laughs> like make sure that we can each rent an apartment <laughs> at the end of this. Like, I just need to take a hot shower. If my whole life is in shambles, I better be able to have a hot shower that yeah. night. <laughs> I'd like to share a story about when we first moved into our new home. We hadn't put our numbers up on the front of our home, and we hadn't quite met the neighbors yet. A mystery Amazon package was delivered to our front step, and I paid no mind to it since my partner is a board game enthusiast and regularly gets new games delivered for our date nights. Oh, that is That's so cute. That's cute. I hurried to open the package to see what was in store for this week's date night. Oh my god, that's even cuter. The fact that they order a new game each week. We don't even have date night. Oh my god, we gotta get better. To my surprise, I found a device that is worn over the penis to extend its girth and length. My palms instantly got sweaty as I realized I had opened the package meant for one of our neighbors. (gasps) Our neighbors have cameras all over their property. How was I going to return this package without them noticing? I couldn't simply drop it on their front step. What would you have done? Drop and dash, ring their bell and let the package be returned. I would have burned that package and never told anyone. I never got the package. I never opened it. it. I don't care if that that penis enlarger was $1,000. You'd never hear a peep out of me again. I tell you what, though. I would never be able to drink with those neighbors because I would make a comment. I would let it slip. About little Peter and his Peter. Little Peter's little Peter. (laughs) Peter's little Peter. Yeah, you'd never you'd never hear from me again Mm -mm. on that. We'd be the coldest neighbors ever. They'd be like, Oh no, I would I would still be friends with the neighbors. He just wouldn't hear that I Oh right. We just don't drink with those neighbors. Like no wine on the back deck. Oh, because we we'd get a little we get chatty. We get chatty when when the wine goes. We let things slip. We let things slip. My best friend's husband has been accused of asking her friends to have sex. She doesn't believe the accusation and now isn't friends with these women anymore. Hold on. So your best friend's friend. Nope. My best friend's husband has been accused of asking her friends to have sex. Oh, okay. We're okay. She doesn't believe the accusation and now isn't friends with these women anymore. It's sad. I didn't believe it either until he approached me, tried to kiss me, and asked me to get together. Should I tell my friend? Personally, I would tell my friend, but I would go into that situation fully expecting to not have that friend anymore and to be okay with it. We were in a a situation that was similar. Mm -hmm. However, it we witnessed our friend being emotionally abused by her boyfriend and her and her boyfriend didn't know that we overheard the entire situation. They were staying with us and we came home and they didn't know that we were coming home and we heard the argument take place. 
And it was, I'm telling you, it was category five hurricane. I had, I've never seen anything like that before. And it really changed it because we weren't able to look at him the same anymore. Yeah. Because once you see someone's devil, you can never see past it. And I want to, I want to be clear. Everyone has fights. We have fights that, that but can respect. be, but the things that were said, I've never, I would never treat you like yeah. that. Like I, I, that wasn't love. And the point being is we made the decision that we needed to talk to her and say, Hey, we're concerned about you. We don't think that this is like a good situation Just that you're in. So, you know, like this isn't, this isn't typical in a relationship. It's not healthy. Like everyone's need, relationship is different, but this isn't okay. And if you need, you know, support to not be in this relationship, if you're staying for whatever reasons, like we can help you. And that was not okay with her. Never and spoke again. Never spoke again. So my point being is when you, some people, some people, you can help them by presenting that information to them. But maybe, th- maybe she, she just wasn't our friend, wasn't ready to hear that information. But I don't regret telling her that because maybe it takes five people in her life saying, this guy is not the one. But even still, it's not fair to you to carry the burden of someone else's actions and a third person's yeah. denial. You need to come clean to your friend so that your conscience is free. And then it's on your friend to deal with her situation she has all the information so yeah how she you can't control Mm -hmm. how she reacts but you've done your part it will it was hard losing our friend however now hindsight looking back i'm so glad that i made this the decision we did because we wouldn't have ended up being friends with them anyway because Mm -hmm. of that and i would have regretted not saying something not standing up for what was right yeah good job This situation happened many, many years ago. In fact, it was 1975. It was a cool crisp morning. No, that's that's not a part of it. That year found me living in an apartment owned by my parents who lived above me in the same building. My front door opened out to the driveway that separated the apartment building from the house. Opposite that was also owned by my parents. Ooh, they're doing well. Doing well. Got a little real estate mogul. (laughs) Back in 1975. Real estate heir. Well, the summer of 1975, my dad rented out the house to a couple who were expecting their first child. I was 21 years old at the time and still a virgin. I knew I was gay. However, my gaydar was in full working mode when I met the new renters. I could sense something clicked between me and the husband. Well, it took very little time for things to heat up. And before you can say Jack Robinson, I was a virgin no longer. We had just a short time together as he moved back to Hollywood, California. What a shocker, huh? Yeah. Eight months later, but in that short window of opportunity, I found myself many a morning dressed just in my robe, waiting in my living room for the wife to leave for work. As soon as I saw her car disappear up the street, I was tiptoeing across the driveway and entering the rental. Oh my God, what a trashy whore I was. Oh, well, side note, we're still good friends to this day. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com.
That's O-L-L-Y dot com. Wow, that's cool that they're still friends. Yeah, but like friends with the wife? Yeah, where's she? Yeah. In the mix. Um, wonder. I wonder if he came out in the end. Also, so he's sending his pregnant wife to work while he's at home in the neighbor? <laughs> 1975 was a different, different time. Different time, man. <laughs> I never thought of that. But you're so right. Wow. I Now I need to know. I need to, if their parents are still with us, we need to call them, get them on the line, and ask, since they were upstairs, did they ever see him tiptoeing over? Do the parents know? Hmm. How far does the scandal go? Yeah. Pretty deep, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Poor wife, though. Poor wife. I feel bad for her. Imagine she was leaving to go have... She had a um, lesbian partner down the road. Like, you didn't see she was out of sight and then just took the first driveway on her left, and that was Linda's. (laughs) Spill the tea about myself. When my husband, then boyfriend and I, first started out, I was renting a room from folks from a church. They did not know I was gay and we wanted to spend time with him and did not have the money for a hotel room. I was a paramedic at the time and had access to unused rigs. So we decided to spend the night in the back of an ambulance. Love you guys. That's kind of cute. That is kind of cute. I could totally see making that work, bringing like a laptop with a movie, some blankets, take the stretcher out so you've got room. Like popcorn, snacks, like a movie night type oh. thing, like lights across the top. No, that's not. They were raw dognet on a gurney. Oh, he said they spent the night. D- uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, movies hey, usually end up that way. Anyway. I think those are on wheels. That wouldn't be half bad. No. What's the head clearance in an ambulance? <laughs> Just wondering. Can you fit a swing? <laughs> My boyfriend and I have been together for nearly two years. I love him and our relationship is everything I could ever dream of. Only he calls me the same way my ex called me, a little cheesy name that I should have refused in the first place. Every time he calls me like that, it surprises me a bit. Should I tell him about it or should I just get used to it and let it go? Oh, I bet you it's like, babe. I was going to say, babe, you called me that when we... Uh, you did a couple times when? Like, when we first started, but my ex, babe, had, yeah, my ex had called. You said it like once or twice. I don't know if you were joking, but I hated the sound of it. I remember, and I said, "Don't do that." No, um, in this situation, I think I would say, "Can you not call me that?" Yeah, and explain the reason why. What's he supposed to say? He probably doesn't want to call you something that your ex was calling you either. Yeah, like he probably wants. Like my little sucky tits. (laughs) Come here, my sucky tits. And you can do the shoulders. I wonder what the word is. It's definitely something cringy if they didn't say it. Or like, hun, babe. I think they're using. I call you hun. Yeah. I call you love. If I don't know where you are. Yeah, you do call me love. (laughs) Where are you at, love? (laughs) Yeah. I'm always like, hun. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm trying to find you. I don't mind that one. Yeah. But see, going into another relationship, I would never be able to have my next husband call me hun. Yeah. And I would never call him love. True. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You're not going to name a dog. Like, our next dog is not going to be named Charlie. Don't talk about that. But, you know, it brings back memories. Yeah. Memories. Where am I going, guys? (laughs) Okay. Trying to make this short. Live in the South, but from California. Had an elderly man move in across the street, and from day one, it was dramatics and screaming help. So the Southern thing to do was to help. Wrong. This man has manipulated every single person in his life. He had a high up power government job and big social security checks and think everyone owes him for his time. T is his whole family has nothing to do with him. And I feel like he has some major skeletons in his closet. My question for you two is, should I dig out these and see what's going on or just leave it alone? He's burned his bridge with me by accusing me of stealing and even called the police. But I was giving six plus hours a day of my time and I have three kids, twins and a year and two weeks younger and four dogs. That's a busy household. He's got a lot on his plate or she. Um... I would not get involved. At all. Just say, screw that old bitter man. There are bitter people everywhere you turn. I get that he burned you and that's like, that sucks. But I would not get into the drama and the conflama of it all. That is not, that is not how I want to be spending my time. If family doesn't want anything to do with him, it's a sign. Do you know, like no one has compassion for. Well, hold on. There are. There are people that don't have anything to do with their family, but I guess if their fa- if your family doesn't want anything to do with you, that's yeah. probably not good. Like it's this, I feel is a appropriate use of that statement because he, through his behavior that they have witnessed themselves, has yeah. alienated everyone that should be there. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I would I would just stay clear of him, forget he ever existed. Moral of the story is: if your neighbor yells help, stay inside and close the window. Also, sounds like he's going to be dead soon anyway, so... Yeah. He'll be gone. Although, I'd be curious, like, why? What's the plan? Are you just going to confront him and be like, listen, Robert, why are you being such a cruddy-fuddy all the time? Like, Robbie! Robbie! You're being a fuddy-duddy, Robbie. (laughs) Just be nice. What's wrong, Robbie? There's no no good way to approach it. So just yeah. go about your busy household. Yeah, take care of them kids. And dogs. Not sure what I should do, but I have a boyfriend slash fiance, but I don't know if I should be with him or not. He is five years older. He's 62. He's bipolar, and I asked him if he needs to get help with this. He also has bad teeth, which I hate, and won't and he won't get them fixed. I think he's afraid of the dentist. He also has low self-esteem. He's been married and divorced two times where they cheated. That's what he says. Doesn't want to have sex because he's always saying he's little. He has no sex drive. He gets upset when stuff doesn't go his way. I I try and tell him advice. He tells me to stop. I'm a 57-year-old female and not sure what I should do. Should I stay with him or move on? I think I only have him because it's someone to be with and I'm really not attracted to him. If I don't get picked, can you give me some advice, please? Yeah. Um, Ron, if you're having all these red flags before you've even said I do, you probably should say I don't. Like, that's a lot of incompatibilities and you're entering the golden years where you're supposed to be having 
the most enjoyable time, the most comfortable time, and always having to feel like you're on eggshells or not in a happy relationship. I I do want to be really clear, though. I think him having bipolar and him struggling with stuff, I don't want to make it seem that in any way somebody's mental health struggle or what they're going through is a reason to not be with them. But you can't help somebody that can't help themselves. You can only do so much. Yeah. And if someone that's struggling isn't willing to get the help that they need, you have to put yourself first. You have yeah. to take care of yourself and not risk your own happiness. Once you've done everything that you can, that's all you can do. Like and on it- the on the plane, you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else and not me if that plane's going down i am running to the front opening youtube lear- googling how to land a plane safely into the ocean and i'm taking over for the pilot i'm assuming he had a heart attack that's why we're going down <laughs> do you know what i really have a strong belief about this i think all planes should carry a parachute that is underneath the seat hear me out what am i going to do with a life jacket if I'm in the middle of the forest and we're 20,000 feet above the forest, we're, we're in Russia. Well, I wouldn't want to parachute off a plane in Russia anyway. But what I'm trying to say is a life jacket is not going to help me in that situation. A life jacket is probably not going to help you in any situation. I would rather have the ability for them to open the plane at, say, 10,000 feet as you're going down and say, single file, everyone, jump. If you can't pull your cord or you can't figure it out, there are going to be casualties, but it's better than the whole plane crashing in and lighting up in fire and die, everyone dying. You know? I get what you're saying. So first off, Boeing, if you happen to find yourself on this podcast, can you invent a plane that I'm going to one-up you? I want the roof to pop off. Oh. So that... Seats eject. The seat has a parachute in the back that auto-deploys, so you don't have to worry about it because it's not fair for the the flight attendants to teach everyone how to use it. Why is that a thing, actually? And then if you land in water, your seat turns into a boat. It's honestly not that hard. We've put people on the moon. We've got robots on Mars. Why can't we turn airplane seats into boats? You know what? Actually, that technology totally exists. A fighter jet pilot, when that plane is going down, they're not crashing. That seat is gone. That seat is... I want the same thing. You know, that new mom holding her baby, shoot her up. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta support the neck, though. (laughs) That trajectory out of the plane. She's a bra. I don't think planes land that way, though. I have a feeling the wing falls off and they just plummet to the ground. I don't think it's a very... Like, I don't think you have time to strap parachutes on and line up at the door. Yeah. I think it rips in half and people are blown to bits. Yeah. Okay, we've got one more. (laughs) Hi, guys. So my boyfriend and I have been together for 17 years. Yes, we're gay too. (laughs) He was never big on having sex, etc. And about five years ago, he completely stopped wanting sex at all. We have a big house and rent out spare rooms. He lets me take care of all of that. And I've been posting for only gay roommates, hoping that I can have some sex once in a while while the roommates are there to fulfill my needs. My question is obvious, but I want your take on it. FYI, I don't want to replace my long-term boyfriend, sex or no sex. Be gentle, damn it. I think that's a really bad idea. I think you're... you're, 
I don't know. I don't think that I would want to be creating a little bit of a brothel situation in, in no. my house. Like, it's too... It's too close to You home. never mix business with pleasure. Yeah. And are you a landlord or are you looking for a boyfriend? Like, don't shit where you eat. Yeah. Like, it just... I would... That's it, why we... <laughs> That's why we eat where we shit because our freezers in our outhouse. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna say. Um, in all seriousness, though, if you need to get your rocks off, go, go out of the house. Go, go figure out what you need to do. I would communicate that with him. Figure out whatever you need to do. But I don't think I would be setting up that sort of situation no. at my house. It's too much. Too much. Also, have you talked to your husband or boyfriend about why there's yeah. been such a decline in it? Like, maybe just communication will spark it back in. Maybe there's something going on that he's having trouble with. Like, there's times where we'll ebb and flow in our cadence and we'll call the, each other out and be like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, I need my, I need my dick sucked. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you know? And then sometimes oh you God. just got to be forceful and say, you've got spousal duties. So, um, yeah, communication, I think, would also kind of help with that. Because... That's the thing. Is he aware that this is how you're trying to fill the rooms that you've got open? Or is this something that's going on behind the scenes? That's a whole different can of worms. You know what, though? Like, people are people are paying to stay. Yeah. Do they get a discount on the on the rental rate? Like, what's the I don't think you could because then his partner would be like, wait, I thought rent was a thousand why is it only 750 this month and then how are you going to explain the discrepancy there well, was a 200 dollar deduction for getting pegged in the bathroom <laughs> and then 50 dollars for a blowjob in the hallway hope that advice helps yeah good luck i think that that's all the time we have for questions today so yeah i hope that advice was useful helpful and if you want to send some tea for us to spill, make sure you head over to our website, tylerandtodd.com slash podcast, and you can submit your tea there. As you've seen today, we want all the stories and situations you find yourself in. So keep them coming because we're loving it. And yeah, this, this is actually... This is a lot of fun. It was nice, too, not to just be diving into our tea. We got to spill a bunch of other people's. So. Yeah, there are literally hundreds to go through. So if you enjoyed this type of an episode, let us know in the comments down below. And maybe we'll make them a more regular thing. Maybe once a month we can yeah, do it. Yeah, and we can get more formal with it. Like we can mm-hmm. have two club chairs and cardigans and we'll have we'll <gasps> take up smoking cigars and we'll sit in like Hugh Hefner style bathrobes and sip Victorian style tea. Like, I think we go That's all in. That's not a bad in. idea. I think go all in. All in. <laughs> all well. right. Have a lovely week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.